0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Happy Mother's Day to those of you where it's appropriate. Um, I hope you're having a nice one so far. Um, and uh, what a great day to talk about Islam. <laughs> and, uh, I, I always feel just slightly strange. Um, when I put my lessons together. I mean, I know I fit a niche, you know, uh, but uh, you know, I'm sitting there going, really, I'm, I'm carrying a Quran to church. What do I do? not know. Uh, we, we are talking about monotheism. That's the, that's the broad category we're dealing with, the idea of monotheism. I'm gonna review quickly. We've covered Judaism. Today, I wanna address monotheism in, in Islam. And then for the final uh, session, uh, I, I think it'd probably be good to talk about Christianity uh, in in church. We will be referencing uh, Christianity throughout. Um, hey, come on in. Uh, so, uh, just a quick rehearsal of, of, of where we where we've traversed. Uh, monotheism is a concept that uh, uh, challenges the concepts you see in front of you. Polytheism, henotheism, pantheism, and animism—all uh, various isms, right? <laughs> Uh, words that, and labels that were developed primarily in the 18th and 19th century. Uh, they, they're not old concepts, but they were labels given to certain kinds of worship, certain kind of ideas, uh, which you can, you can read there. I, I won't spend a lot of time on that. Uh, so monotheism too is a concept, uh, a label, uh, that, uh, that, that was developed as an answer to how the ancient Near East responded to these ideas. Okay, these ideas. Uh, the most significant, when I say ancient Near East, I, I'm, I'm, I'm meaning here, this area right here. Um, uh, and and the most significant uh, response historically and theologically, of course, uh, comes out of Judaism. There's a model of the Second Temple. Here's a Caravaggio of Abraham and Isaac story. Uh, and Judaism is, of course, our benchmark uh, religion for understanding monotheism. And out, out of, I'm going to skip, I think it's recorded if you care enough to go back and listen. Uh, but, but out of it, uh, out of Judaism over time, over much time, Uh, certain principles developed from this monotheistic worldview. 13 articles of faith developed in the uh, 1100s by Maimonides. Many Jews would disagree on these. Uh, Many would agree. Uh, But the point being, this is the first sort of systematic attempt to make sense of what Jews believe regarding monotheism. And you can see the second point, God is one and unique. It is the principle, it is the, of course, the the Shema. Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one. It's the beginning of all uh, prayers. Christianity and Judaism differ on certain key points. Uh, And I'm gonna, I've I've, I've thrown some teasers out last session. If you're able to join us next week, I wanna develop that a little further in light of Islam and Judaism. But these are four, the meaning and application of the law. Uh, Torah, what does it mean? Messiah, I think probably, mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> Israel, I'm not touching that one. And uh, ethical monotheism. Is, it, uh, is monotheism really about a, a moral imperative of ethics, okay? I think these are key points where um, uh, Judaism and, and Christianity part. Um, and uh, uh, Matthew five seventeen, the words of Christ, the Sermon on, on the Mount, do not think I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Uh, the words of our Lord, Um, a longer passage, which deserves more time. I won't read all of this, but when we do look at Christian uh, responses, Romans 3, uh, becomes a very important uh, passage to to visit, uh, to to work over what Paul says about the the relationship uh, between the Jews and Christianity. In fact, I would, in in some ways, that's the starting point and end point of Pauline theology. Our, why are we not Jews? Why are we not Jews? Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to hold that for right now. Uh, that's a summary of what we did last time. Uh, I hope it was sufficient uh, for the moment. That's a lot. But I want to get this other piece in, the other... Great monotheistic religion and and that is the religion of Islam um, I, want, I want to I want us to make sure we understand the Islamic components uh, before we move to sort of a Christian uh, interpretation It's a little odd because I'm out of historical sequence here Islam is much later it's a late developed religion uh, compared to both. Uh, the religion of the Jews and the Christians it's a religion that we can actually put dates on in some ways we can't do that with the precision you know when what year was abraham called you know we have estimates right uh, we have archaeological records etc islam is different islam uh, is the third development in monothe in the monotheistic west this is a, a drawing of ancient mecca um, probably just after uh, the, the development of Islam. Islam, there's ancient Mecca, there's modern Mecca. I was flying over and I thought I would take, no, I'm kidding. I don't know, that came off the internet, but the, uh, it would make a great story, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, Islam actually begins here, it begins on this mountain. That's Mount Hira in, uh, outside of Mecca. I'm not gonna rehearse all the details of its origins because I wanna stick to our main theme, which is monotheism, but you cannot separate its origins from this site and the man who would visit this site, Muhammad. Muhammad was from, uh, well, here. (laughs) And what we we wanna remember about Muhammad's world is it was Arabia and Muhammad's world was two things that are very important. It was polytheistic, and it was tribal. And it was at a crossroads. Look here. Uh, that's the expansion of Islam. But if you, if, if you look, I'll try to get my, you know, Arabia is right there. They, here you have all this civilized world, and then over here you have all the civilized eastern world. And then look at where Arabia is. And they were a caravanning, transporting, a cargo moving place, uh, controlled by local tribes, local customs, and most significantly, um, polythe. Uh, uh, each tribe had its own totem or god that went with it. It was a, it was a polytheistic culture. Mecca itself was a religious um, center. Uh, the the Kaaba, this onyx black. Uh, structure that you see there in the middle of Mecca, still there, Uh, I don't know if it's in the other picture. Yeah, you can see it, you can see the, you you see it right there, Uh, right there. Um, That was pre-Muhammad, that was pre-Islam. So to understand Arabia, you have to understand Arabia in terms of its pre-Islamic past and then post-Islamic world, okay? that was there, that structure was there. It actually contained the idols of the tribes. It, it, it was a religious pilgrimage site before Muhammad. But it was, of course, on this mountain where Muhammad's visions began in the year 610. We can put a date on it. The visions began in the year 610 from the angel Gabriel. The angel Gabriel visited Muhammad, Muhammad at... Uh, at Hira and began what became uh, the Quran, the recitations, the noun, uh, well, the Quran is the verb, I'm sorry, recite, Quran is the noun, the recitations. The recitations lasted, uh, these visions lasted from 610 until Muhammad's death in 632. they were later compiled into the Quran uh, after his death. Uh, they were written down over time and then compiled. Uh, Mecca was initially rejected the Islamic message of Muhammad, which we'll get to in just a moment. Um, they they rejected it uh, and it really was up north in the city if you. If you draw your eyes northward to the city of Medina, this is in the year 622, Muhammad leaves Mecca. He goes on a hajj or a pilgrimage to Medina, and it's here in Medina where Islam takes root. I'm skipping details for the sake of sake of time. But uh, it takes root in Medina. It was from Medina that the Ummah, the the, the the uh, community of Islam, of the faithful begins to grow. And from Medina, a series of wars take place with Mecca. And Mecca is eventually conquered by Islam. And what that means is polytheistic tribal Arabia is conquered by Islam. That's what I want you to register, okay? That means a, a new history is born. And that's where we're going because the the substance of that new history is a radical monotheism. So I'm blowing through the history, which really demands a lot of time. I'm blowing through the history to, to get us to what this radical monotheism meant for this peninsula. And then eventually the West and today the world. Okay? so. Uh, I'll, there's time for a question. If to, to that was that was faster than Cliff Notes history, but I apologize. Wouldn't Christianity have made inroads down? On Christianity and Judaism were well. You can look that Palestine bumps right up against it. Yeah. So of course. So um, there is a great deal of literature that has been spent over the years trying to. And this is the problem when we bump into religion. Is, well, we want to rationalize it. We want to rationalize it and say, well, did Muhammad encounter Judaism and Christianity? My answer is yes. I think he did. I don't know that that will rationally satisfy why there are a billion adherents to it uh, today. Uh, Because just his encounter with it doesn't necessarily explain how it becomes a theological system and power in itself but yes ma'am yes the answer is yes Christianity and Judaism precede Islam the Muslim world and they are right next to each other okay it's a very tertiary sort of sketch of history here the point being for our lesson for the the series we're doing is uh, out, out of out of this conversion of Arabia Polytheism collapses. Or you remember I showed you the Kaaba back here. Uh, it still stands, uh, and it's still part of the pilgrim site. When Muhammad conquered Mecca in 630, uh, when the Islamic army conquered the Arabian armies, the Meccan armies, they left that standing. It's still because you, you might remember some pictures. Over the news or in time, seeing the pilgrimages where they circle it, the men do the women don't um, the uh, that the reason he left it is he he went in and he smashed the idols, the idols of the tribes he smashed them, and he reconsecrated it as a symbol of radical monotheism of the empty kaaba this it's not a temple it's it's just we don't even really know perfectly well where it came from. It's pre-Islamic, but it's been re-consecrated and re-tooled as a symbol of monotheism. And that's the point that the, the, the smashing of the idols out of this, right? It, it leads me to what is the most important. There's a copy of, uh, that's, a, that's from Birmingham. England, uh, the University of Birmingham. That's a, one of the oldest manuscripts we have of the of the Quran. So, uh, if everybody will read along with me. Um, <laughs> anyway, I I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, I, I like text. I like language, um, and and also I like to prove that we're not just making this up. There it is, right? Um, the that's an original copy. Here's what we want to remember moving forward about monotheism and about Islam. First, Islam is not a new religion, according to Muslim theology. It is not a new religion. It is not a religion that just appears in the year 610 and then formalizes, okay? Islam is in fact the religion that came in, that entered into history through the prophet Muhammad as a correction of the other two great monotheistic religions. You think like a Muslim. <laughs> it is a correction, okay? Judaism got it wrong because Judaism made God exclusive to a genetic ethnic people group, okay? Yes, we have the same prophets. Islam says we believe in the same prophets. The Quran says this. Mentions them over and over again. Uh, somewhat oddly to our ears when you, when you read it. It, it. It's not narrative. It's, it's strange. But they do mention them. They do recognize them. And even more, uh, they say they got it wrong. Uh, and and um, uh, later interpolations <laughs> entered in. That made the Jews exclusive. And this is one of the roots of the tension. Between these two uh, groups. Um, But we don't get away. Either in the Christian uh, confession. Because we did something. uh, Jesus of course being a great prophet. What did we go and do? We deified him. We made him into a God. Wrong. We weren't supposed to do that. So both Testaments, both Torah and the word of the prophets, as well as the New Testament and the gospel, are erroneous. They're partly right, but they are filled with uh, the bias of the followers who wanted to make God's word say something uh, both ethnically specific and um, polytheistic. Okay, which I'll say more about in just a moment. Is is it making sense a little bit? Okay, here's a a nice summary uh, from a a book that came out a little over a decade ago. In the Quran's view, the Jews and the Christians, both recipients of a genuine revelation, they don't deny that, proved unfaithful uh, to the Abrahamic legacy. They're, They're... jews and christians infidelity elicited another revelation the quran delivered through the agency of a man signaled as the seal of the prophets okay the final agent in god's providential revelations to humankind not only did the quran both transcend and replace the torah and gospel it commanded nothing less than a return to the religion of abraham Better said than I can say it. In terms of a summary. That is what Islam professes. Judaism and Christianity are flawed monotheistic systems. To the Muslim mind. To the Muslim world. Okay? They're flawed. And Muhammad is the final prophet of God. And this um let me so this leads me to what what is the most important cornerstone of islamic confession the shahada um this is the very well first of all it's part of the first visitation of gabriel to muhammad according to islam that he was told to repeat there is no god and muhammad is the messenger or prophet of god there is no god but god i'm sorry god or another way to translate it god is one and muhammad is his prophet that is the confession of islam matter of fact if you confess that and believe it (laughs) you are you are in the muslim folder you're beginning your the path okay because that is the primary confession we mentioned the Shema of Judaism. This is the Shahada of Islam. Uh, and this is part, the first of the five pillars that follow a practice that follow fasting, prayer, pilgrimage and uh, almsgiving. This is it, the Shahada. Um, that is the first command of Islam. Okay. So the reason I can't get behind that as a Christian is because Jesus is. We believe Jesus is. A deity. You, you are. You, you are yeah. correct. Yeah. Matter of fact, that's exactly where we're landing the plane. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> you stole the punchline. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is God. Well, because, Let's go. <laughs> well, because when you read that, you're yeah. like, "All right." I mean. You know, <laughs> I know. Right. Right. I, I understand what you mean. Um, let yeah. me back it up one second. This is the conceptual or theological word they give to this. It's called Tawhid or Tawhid, the indivisible oneness of monotheism, the indivisible oneness of God. Ta'wīd is the religion's central and single most important concept upon which the entire Muslim faith rests. It constitutes the foremost article of the Shahada. So. What does that mean? That means, contextualizing with the history, when Arabia shifts from a polytheistic culture to a monotheistic (coughs) culture, it is a political shift as much as it is a theological shift. Okay? It is a radical reconstruing of monotheism. All right? Now, as I've said in another lesson, and I didn't develop this as much for this, where this works itself out, this confession and Taweed or Tawid, where this works it out and it is in Sharia or law. It has to do with how you follow the commands of the Quran. That's the Muslim Walk. That's the Muslim way. It is a very moral religion. If you look at morality as instrumental, as something to accomplish something else, yes. Yeah. So the Quran, the Quran is not organized by themes. It's organized by lengths of what are called surahs. or yeah. So the longest one is at the. The, the beginning of the Quran, or the what we would call prophecy or vision, the shortest is at the end. So uh, that's its organization. There's no chronological history like Torah or like the New Testament. Mm-hmm. It's a good question. Yes. I yes. Yes. Do you know, yes. Do I, I didn't mention it, but the con the concept of sin is that you violated the law of God. The rules. Or just like so there's no concept of original sin. Islam's understanding of human nature is pure freedom. You are free. You are the, the will is free. So there is no concept of the will being bound the way St. Augustine or Paul or Luther or, you know, much of Catholic and Protestant history is held that sin has bound our wills. There is no concept or equivalent concept in Islam. Yes, sir. Um, since they uh, you know, identify with a lot of the Old Testament, what's their position on the Messiah? Yeah. So that the, yeah, that's it. Uh, there is no Messiah. They don't believe in Messiah. No, no, they they don't, and and that that's a nice volley up for where 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 we are. I mean, uh, and this is why. So. We have these two concepts here, right? Getting to this messianic problem, Shahada, Tawheed. Now, a third concept, and I promise no more concepts, uh, is shirk. Shirk. It's the sin of polytheism or idolatry. Okay? Now, being the... I'm not a a scholar of Muslim theology. I, I... my, my field is Western religious history. Um, but there are two types of shirk. There's the greater shirk and the lesser shirk. Greater shirk is open polytheism. Lesser shirk is hidden polytheism. You can see the difference. You, if you are a Christian, are part of the condemnation of greater shirk. We are polytheistic, Okay. As I said before. So this is the, the theology of why uh, um, it's wrong, why, why it is condemned. Okay, so let's, let's get down now to, uh, uh, to brass tacks. Islam condemns the idea of Trinitarianism. Islam condemns the idea of the trinity. Christians have historically professed the trinity which I'll say more about next week why that's significant or how that developed as as best I can. There are two passages when you look in your Quran that explicitly condemn the idea of the trinity. Uh, They have certainly disbelieved who say Allah is the Messiah, the son of Mary, while Messiah has said, O children of Israel, worship Allah, my Lord, and your Lord. Indeed, he who associates with others with Allah, Allah has forbidden him paradise, and refuge is the fire. Uh, They have certainly disbelieved Allah is the third of three. Some translate that the Trinity. And there is no God except one God. And they do not desist from what they are saying there will surely afflict the disbelievers among them a painful punishment. The second reference is in the, in the Sarab, which is the vision or the revelation for, O people of the scripture, do not commit excess in your religion or say about Allah except the truth. The Messiah Jesus, the son of Mary, was but a messenger of Allah. And his word which he directed to Mary and a soul uh, created at command from him. So believe in Allah and his messengers and do not say three. Desist, it is better for you. Indeed, Allah is but one God. Exalted is he above having a son. Um, those are the two explicit passages that condemn the concept of the Trinity in, in, in Islam. Now, what are the brass tacks here? We, I actually would argue that... This is important and it's significant and we need to talk about it more, but there is, uh, I don't think this is the rub of the problem, (laughs) okay? Because what's current today is to talk about Islam, Judaism, and Christianity as they're all three monotheistic religions with just different variants attached to them, right? Well, there's some truth to that, but like most academic jargon, There's more to it, right? So I don't think Trinitarianism is the main problem because Trinitarianism itself hinges and falls upon the Christ. I think Jesus the Christ is the problem or the difference or the point of departure between these faith systems, okay? It departs from Judaism We'll say more in one way, but it departs from Islam in another way. Because the Trinity doesn't hold without Jesus, without the Messiah, without the Christ. And the, 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 the testimony we have for this is, is self-evident in Scripture if you are a Christian. Okay? Okay? I don't think that anything we're saying here is to go out and start an argument with our Muslim friends. Um, and uh, you can if you want, but I mean, sometimes it's better just to go to the soccer game and come home. But uh, but, the point being, behind sort of the vicissitudes of political liberalism and democracy and capitalism, there are real differences. When we press, Jesus says in Luke Chapter 10, uh, when he sends out the 70, Is that, whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me, but whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. Okay. Uh, in the Gospel of John, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Again, John, uh, it is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. So their words are the same. When Jesus speaks, he's speaking as and for the Father. For the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Those are words from the gospel that attest to. The centrality of Jesus, but also the relational centrality between the Father and the Son. Christianity hangs and falls on that relationship. Okay? The testimony of Christ's followers. Uh, From the book of Acts, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind uh, by which we must be saved. From 1 Timothy, there is... um, I I did this and I realized, oh my gosh, I'm just proof texting and throwing text. I mean, I don't mean to be doing this, but I'm trying to support the argument that when Christians talk about monotheism, uh, they cannot separate it from Christology, from Jesus himself. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus. As you come to Jesus, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Finally, uh, uh, from 1 John, no one who denies the son has the father, whoever acknowledges the son has the father Also, uh, these are very important passages to to mull over in response to the monotheistic claims of Islam. Because the the claims of Christianity, and this is the fundamental difference, is that Jesus Christ is God, the incarnate. Uh, This isn't, he wasn't an ethical teacher. He was not simply a prophet. Um, He, he was not simply a great teacher, but he was God in space and time, in flesh, um, for the very act of mediation required for human restoration to eternity, for it to fulfill our our soulful purpose in that we in creation. That's that's the difference, and that's that's. Not really an argument to be won or lost. That's what it says. You have to reckon with it. You have to reckon with it before your own profession. And that's my response uh, to Islamic monotheism. So uh, time for a a, a couple of questions next week. The intention is to develop more thoroughly what we mean by the Trinity and monotheism. So. Um, so what's the what's the end game for Islam? I mean you live a good life and you gotta you yeah. go to heaven. Or as yeah. good a life as you can, is correct. Like a confession. That's it. Yeah, there's confession. That's it. Yeah. I also made my question, what is that means of reconciliation? The means of the so um the, the the Islam has a concept of judgment and they have a concept of the soul being separated from the body at death, it's quite gruesome. It, uh, actually, uh, it's torn from the body. Uh, and then you are judged based upon your faithfulness to the law, to how you've lived. That is correct. How faithful you have been to the teachings of uh, of Sharia. I've been vacillated. Oh, sorry. I've been yes, sir. by the uh, people I've seen in my practice. Yes, sir. Muslim people that come in, yeah, they will train, uh, change their attire on the airplane coming to the west. Yes. So that when they land, they dress western. Yes. They do the same sinful people that Christians do, yeah. Monday to Saturday, and yeah, kind they make no uh, bones about it, you know. Yes. <laughs> and yet they are so. Fanatical in doing all the prayers exactly like you're supposed to do. Yeah, the rituals matter. the rituals matter. Yes, ma'am. Okay, we get it. All glory goes to Allah. But what about the corruption and the enslavement of women? How has that evolved? Um. So, it hasn't evolved in some places. Um. (laughs) It's a huge question. I I think that where Islam has encountered Western thought, you see uh, more relaxation on the question of women and women's roles. I guess what I'm trying to say is there's a more liberal version of Islam. In some circles. Um, overall, though, uh, Islam has very strict codes about how a woman can present herself publicly. <laughs> yeah. but how did it come about? It came about because the Quran; these were part of the yeah; these were part of the original revelations, and and then how they've been interpreted through the law courts. How much of it do we have in this country now? If we how, much, how much of what? <laughs> I mean, I'm not eating any of these people. Is anybody is eating any of these people? Where are they? Um, Homewood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, my kids go to school. <laughs> I mean, they come over and play at my house. I mean, they're sweet kids. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to answer your question. I know they're larger and smaller pockets. Uh, I know uh, larger and smaller pockets. I know we, we as far as, a global, as global society goes, the world is permanently changed, and these will be our neighbors, and we are called to love them. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.